Ooh, Matt, can you hear me? Yeah, you, are you good now? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. There we go. Cool. All right, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Can you see me? I can't see how I'm lined no, up. No, there should be like a little video camera icon towards the bottom left, I believe. Start video. Oh, there he is. Okay, cool. I see you. There we go. See me? Yeah, you got a couple uh, of hairs out of place, but you're all right. Welcome to Drawing Funny, where we talk tunes with some sketchy characters in the comics industry and fandom. I'm your host, Lynn Workman. Hi, welcome to episode three. So, the other day, I was in Midtown and I picked up a man-thing. Ah! No, not a giant-sized man-thing this time. Just a normal, fun-sized one. I was shopping at 901 Comics over in the Cooper Young neighborhood and had come by there to check out a fellow local creator's comic. My luck was good that day, and I ran into that local indie comic creator himself, Matt Bowers. He was there to also see his latest comic, Memphis, which he hadn't seen the printed version of yet. Up until this month, issues 1 and 2 were only available online, but are all now available pretty and printy at 901 Comics thanks to their in-house Bad Dog Comics label. During this pandemic, most folks have just shaved their heads, learned to make sourdough bread, or started a podcast. Yeah, I'm guilty on two of those. Matt published a comic book. Normally when I've run into Matt, it's been at a comic shop, and usually when he's set up for free comic book day, which is my favorite holiday. I once gave him a box of Zipatone sheets at the event, and you would have thought it was Christmas for him. That boy loves him some zip. Free comic book day is usually the first Saturday in May, but unfortunately it was canceled this year. But Matt was able to do an in-store comic signing at 901 a couple Saturdays ago, and we'll discuss him being back behind the table for that event. The comic shop carries comics like Stone Ninja, which has art by MSCA member Greg Cravens. They also carry Watusi the Talking Dog comic zines by MSCA's Dale Martin, as well as the MSCA zine The Good, The Bad, and The Sketchy, and their own 901 Comics Anthology. They've done many comic signings, art shows, free comic book day sales, and other events, including a Funko Pop Swap, which was a lot of fun. It had been a while since I've seen Matt. Actually, it's been a while since I've seen most folks I know. It was good to catch up with him and chat while being socially distanced and masked up. We both haven't caught the virus, and we'd like to keep it that way. I was glad to hear that his wife Kristen's bout with cancer had been successful and she's now cancer free. I finished my shopping off. It was after work and getting late and we both had to hit the road and head south of the state line. Thankfully last Sunday we were able to talk tunes a bit more, this time over the internet. It was a bit easier to understand each other without our masks on this time. Oh, some Memphis movie trivia for you. The Sybil Shepherd movie Memphis was filmed in Memphis back in the early 90s, and some of the scenes were shot in the Cooper Young neighborhood on Young on the west side of Cooper, about a block away from where 901 Comics is located now. I worked at a print shop on the corner of Cooper Young and got to watch some of the filming through the shop's front window. It was really exciting watching them shoot the same scene the first five, six times. After that, we all just kind of went back to work. I've called Memphis home for many years now, and I've always kind of had a love-hate relationship with it. But, some of the things I do love about it. 
is its food, its music, and its art scene. And so here's another Memphis creator for you, who's actually created something called Memphis. Matt Bowers and his new comic book, Memphis. Issues 1 and 2 are available now. All right, man. I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no problem. Like I said, I read, read the comics this morning. I want to tell you again that I really liked, I believe it was the first issue, the cover on it. I think it really, yeah. really popped well. Very, very good. The good, second one's good, too, but it's just the first one I thought was just, it was very eye-catching. So have you always lived in the Memphis area? Um, grew up in Fraser and then Bartlett. And um, when I was 13, we moved to Florida. Okay. And we lived in Key West for a little bit. And then eventually I ended up in Sarasota where I went to art school. And then very end of 1999, I moved back. Okay. So I've been back ever since. But like, you know, living in Florida, it was kind of cool, but I would, yeah, never got Memphis out of my head. Would usually spend the summers back in Memphis with you know family and friends and stuff. Was the humidity worse or better here? <laughs> it's uh, it's worse here. It's way worse here. <laughs> you know, people talk about Florida being hot, and it is, but it's not. It's not humid like it is here. It's just not. Um, man, the humidity is insane. We get the first summer back, man, almost killed me. It was, <laughs> it was shocking. You know, you're soaking wet, you can't breathe like like immediately. I lived in Utah for about seven years as a kid, and we'd come back here for summers and uh, go in to visit great grandparents in Corinth, Mississippi. The, I, I didn't, I didn't know how people survived that. It was insane, and no air conditioning, and it was. Yeah. You know, they'd go sit on the porch yeah, to we, cool we off. Didn't ha- we didn't have AC in Key West, and we didn't need it though. Like we, you know, the houses are built where like all the windows are slatted, and you can open up your whole house, and you'll just have a breeze going through. Right. It'll be hot, not like here. Like you couldn't do that here. Oh no! It's just no way. And yeah. I laugh when people say, "Oh my God, Florida must have been so hot." I'm like, I'm like, no, have you never been? Like Memphis is the worst. I mean, apparently you love it. I do love it. I do love it, but the heat. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> the humidity. It's the humidity, really. So, what was the uh, the first comic that drew you in to wanting to do comics or read comics? Uh, my brothers had, like, I, mean, I was probably six or seven, right before first grade. They had Superboy and the Legion comics, and um, I want, I, like, I just, they looked cool, and I wanted to, to read them, and they wouldn't let me touch them because I was still at that age where anything I touched, I messed, kind of ruined it, you know. <laughs> but I remember sneaking into my oldest brother's bedroom and getting a hold of one of his Legion comics, and it was just, it, I think it was the first issue of the Earth War. Whereas like it's at the splash page where like you got legionnaires flying at your, like right at the reader, and it just I was hooked. Anytime I would go to the grocery store with my mom from that point on, I would have her buy me comic books. Right. And um, I, I remember starting first grade, and I was the only kid that could read already. And the nun didn't even believe me at first. She thought my mom had um, had me memorize the textbooks because of, of my older brothers. So she would pick like places for me to read just to prove it. And she was like shocked and. My friends thought I was lying, and I was like, "Whatever, man." I just, I just, I love comics so much. Like, I wanted to know what they were saying, basically. So, so were you you more of a DC guy at first? I was both, you know. Like, I like right around the same time, it was, it was Superboy and the Legion, and then I came across, um, I think, Avengers reprints of like Marvel triple, 
triple action or something at the comic book store. So I was looking at old, old Avenger comics. And then like, you know, then I would come across like reprint X-Men and then modern X-Men, like all at the same time. And so I remember getting into the original versions of the Marvel characters and then immediately discovering the 1977 versions and was confused at first, but was like, just loved all of it and had to know more and had to figure it out. You know, same thing when I first discovered Earth 2 in DC with the, the Justice Society. It was like, oh, I was like, this is confusing. Why are there two Supermen? But then I wanted to know why. I wanted to know about it. Like, uh, so I dug in more and I just became immersed in all of it. Right? I, and I never understood the people that didn't like both, but whatever. Right. I mean, <laughs> well, for me, then, was... you know, then we get to the 80s with indie comics started hitting to where you could yeah. get them at local comic book, uh, I mean, local like convenience stores. And I started getting that stuff too, you know, and, and loving it, like American Flag and Nexus and um, Elementals. Eventually, a lot of that stuff was just so cool. Um, I just love comics. Basically, is what what I what I figured out eventually, where my friends were like, "Oh, Marvel, you know, they'd be Marvel zombies, or they, you know, are, are DC only." I never understood that. Ever. Well, for me, it was it was like whatever was on the the spinner rack that yeah, I shopped yeah, yeah. at because yeah. each store was different. One would be more Marvel centric, one would be more DC. It really yeah. depended yeah. on what store you visited. Yeah, and I remember how long, it took me a long time to figure out schedules. Yeah, and once I realized, like, oh, okay, come like Wednesdays or, the, or I think back then it was actually like Tuesday afternoons. Uh, that's when I realized my local uh, Macklemore's. That's when they got their comics in, and I would go straight from school to the store and usually they hadn't put them out yet and I would just wait and wait until they would check them in and put them out and I love I love that that was like and it, and it, it was pretty exciting too like you didn't know what was coming out like there was not knowing previews of stuff and not knowing what storylines were coming right yeah there's no previews you know? to look at there's no internet no yeah none. like like when that that X-Men New Teen Titans crossover hit the hit the spinner rack I mean, I like my head almost exploded. Like it was like you can't. I like I had no idea what was coming. My two favorite books at that point, and they're teaming up. <laughs> it was yeah. amazing. That's great. Yeah, that's like, just, we were the Stranger Things kids. It's it's yeah. why I love that show too. Like it's it's so true. Like so, and then of course I loved anything on TV that was comic book related, even if it wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah, Super, <laughs> Friends. Super Friends doesn't really hold up, but I loved it. I had to watch it every Saturday morning. Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah, like the uh, the trial of the Incredible Hulk on you know the TV show oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was big event stuff back then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, did you publish your own comics first, or did you work on other people's comics? Um, God, a little both. I mean, you know, I went to art school. I mean, honestly, you go back to like fourth grade. I was trying to make my own comic book and sucker right. friends into helping me and doing it. You know, and it would always you'd always like. Everybody would get frustrated and stop before it get finished. So I was always doing that kind of stuff and always creating characters. And then I went to art school, kept doing that in the background. And then um, when I when I graduated art school, I gave myself a year to break into comics. And then, like right at the very end of that, got hired by an editor at Marvel at a show. And the short of the story is that he ended up leaving to work on the Matrix movies. Because it was the editor that had um, discovered the brothers that wrote those movies and mm -hmm. Steve Scrochi, how do you pronounce his name? 
so they all left Marvel, or, you know, right when I was trying to break in. And they he wanted he liked my work uh, back then. It looked very, I looked very much like a Jim Lee clone, but um, mm. he liked it. And he hired me. He was like, you know, we're gonna we're not gonna publish you immediately, but we're gonna pay you to develop. We'll do you know you'll do you'll work on stories, and they won't necessarily get published, but you know they may eventually end up as a backup story. And um, was cool. you know, unfortunately, this was before internet and before texting so it took a lot longer for you know for the next steps and by the time I was in touch with him again he was leaving I didn't quite have my foot in the door I didn't have any other editor contacts to go to um, so then I just started he and he recommended you know focusing on uh, indie work so I did that and I did a lot of little little stories here and there little pinups anthology stuff got hired to work on a book that was going to be a combination of Camelot mythology stuff, you know, King Arthur and Robin Hood and like in reincarnation and sort of connecting all that together. And then eventually you would see them all teamed up in the, in the modern day. And it was called the quest. And this guy hired me to do it. It was all his concept. He hired me and I worked full time on it. He, I mean, he had me quit my job and everything. And I was like, well, I'm not wow. quitting my job unless you guarantee I'm going to get paid. <laughs> And he Show did. me and the then, money. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it all worked out for a few months, and then it fell apart. Like, he, and then I found out he, that his name was not what he said it was. And then I just once it fell apart, went back to the day job I had and licked my wounds and started working on what became Memphis. Really, right okay. around that time period. So was that stranger and, behavior or stranger behavior back then? Strange behavior is what I was calling it back then, and eventually, just realized that kind of give that that name kind of gives the wrong could give the wrong impression of what the book's about so uh, Memphis was actually always one of the ideas I had for a title I just wasn't sure if it would work and what so what happened is when I, I eventually decided to publish digitally through comiXology when they when they launched that program and I was like you know I'm gonna re, I'm just gonna relaunch it completely change okay. the name change the logo everything and that's what I did and I'm, I'm glad I did it how did you decide to set the story in Memphis was this like the guys in, in DC that lived in, in Marvel and lived in New York and they, they knew the city? Was that kind of the, the reason? Yeah, I think that was that that was the whole idea because, I mean, I knew all those guys were living in New York and that's why they were, you know, New York is an amazing city, but right. if I lived there, trust me, that it would be set in New York. <laughs> but I figured, you know, they everybody says, write what you know, right? At the time, I was I was actually living in Florida but like visually that area, like that wasn't, it just wasn't interesting. And Memphis is a visually an interesting city, I think. There's a lot of mm -hmm. cool things. And so even when I was still down there, I wanted to set my book in Memphis. And the, and the thing is, I'm always creating characters. Like I listen to music like all the time and like it, it triggers ideas for characters in my head. Like uh, honestly, I have too many characters to, to, to ever get around to using really. But I wanted a book that I could um, use to feature my characters, my favorite ones. And I figured, well, you know, I might as well set them in Memphis. Like, you know, why not? Like, there's no, there are no books set in Memphis, yet there are more songs that are written about Memphis than any other city on the planet. So everybody knows of Memphis. And I did, it just seemed perfect to me, like, from the get-go. Right. That, <laughs> I know some people think I'm crazy, but I just think it's cool. I think it's more interesting if I had tried to pretend like I know what New York City is like, you know? Well, I noticed that you uh, will reference songs 
at the uh, the opening of your books, usually on yeah. the inside cover, uh, right yeah. above like the indicia and all that. But you also list your characters and give little descriptions and so like, which I think helps a lot uh, when I'm reading a yeah. story because there, you know, sometimes you're reading you go, okay, no, which is this person, and you'll go back and you can find out a little bit about them and go back. Oh yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, like I always love that when like the Legion would do that occasionally. They would have a roll call. Sometimes you would have other books would do Justice League or. And then Marvel did that whole uh, the story so far pages in the late nineties. I don't know if you remember those, yeah. but yeah. I really liked those, and I thought those were a good idea. And especially with a book like this, with as many characters as I'm trying to throw at people, it's a good idea because you know. So like when number three comes out in a couple of months, you know, if, if somebody wants to pick that up without having read one and two, I want them to be able to jump into it without having to dumb down the story or do like flashbacks within story if, if it's already mm-hmm. been shown you know I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that kind of stuff right because that but, always drove me nuts as a kid <laughs> you yeah. know reading comics right but so. you'd be able to get them interested in going to pick up one and two go, oh okay well that happened <laughs> it's it's easier now but as a kid if you missed an issue on a spinner rack good luck finding it oh yeah i look um, when i got into the x-men um the first issue, the first modern issue I got was um, the one where Magneto had captured them and they were in the volcano, but they were yeah. all in those chairs, right? And they had the nanny. And I was <laughs> like, oh my God, what is this? Like, and I was so like, just into it and thought it was awesome. Well, then I missed the next like three issues. <laughs> or no, hold on. I think I got, I, I got the next one because that's when Professor X and beast and phoenix thought the rest of the team was dead but then after that when they end up in the savage land in japan i missed all those issues and then the next one i found they're fighting alpha flight and it was like what have i missed like (laughs) because like i said this was the very beginning of me getting into comics and i didn't know the schedule at all it just was like whatever happened to be on the spinner rack when i came across it you know and it took me months and months to find those back issues and figure it out I don't know. So, so I'm trying to, yeah, de- definitely trying to help with that sort of thing. I mean, nowadays it's not really as an issue, big an issue because you can just look it up on your phone, but, mm-hmm. but it's, it's fun to do, you know, anyways, to put that in there and the character info on the front. I always do that with every issue. When you were in Florida, did, did you go to the local comic shops or was it still spinner racks there? Or? So in Key West, there were, none of the convenience stores had comics, but they had newsstands that had comic books which is Key West. So my stepdad liked to take me because it always had like, this horn section and then the comics would be in the back. So he would go left to the board and I would go straight to the back. So you had so to go to the back to get comics. <laughs> She's the other way yeah, around. Yeah, so I would be in the back of the comics and he'd be in the front with the porn. I mean, it's just so weird, but that's Key West for you. They, and they didn't carry everything. So like, at that point, I started getting subscriptions to a lot of books that I couldn't find. Like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to find. Plus, back then, it was a pretty good deal. So, like, I got a subscription to a lot of the Marvel books that I love, like Fantastic Four and Alpha Flight. Unfortunately, they would come in pretty beat up. But um, So, I tried that for a little bit. And then we moved eventually to Marathon, which is, a, is an hour away up the Keys. And there's nothing in there. There's, there's no – there's nothing – there was no comics whatsoever on that key. So I, and I remember just being like, oh my God, what, like, how am I going to get my comic books? I can't, like, I couldn't drive yet. I was right before I could get my license. So I discovered uh, Westfield Comics, I think is what it's called, where you can order, you know, a month worth of comics ahead of time and then they'll ship them to you in a big box. 
So the rest of my high school years was that waiting and having to wait and get a big, which is kind of cool, man. It was like Christmas. You get a big giant <laughs> box full of comics and uh, go through them, man. It was always exciting. And I did that through to maybe the first year of college. And then I realized in college, I was in Sarasota and there were tons of comic book shops. And I'm like, why am I still ordering my comics when I can just go and, and get them? You know? What inspired all of your characters and the storyline for your uh, strange behavior, which later was Memphis? I don't even know at this point. <laughs> it just, like I said, I just, I come up with characters and then this, the ideas kind of come, they just come to you. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like, and I'll, I'll take notes all the time, but like, so like battle quiz, that whole concept was um, created by a guy named uh, Travis Nyland that I was going to work with. Um, we were, we were both working at an art supply store back in the day. And uh, he was, he was really talented. And I was like, man, you want to script my book with me? And he did, and he also had these other ideas. You know, he wanted to come up with an origin for the Power Angels. My ideas are we're just gonna hit the ground running. They already exist. They're already famous. And he was like, no, no, I've got this idea, and he came up with that idea, and then we kind of ran with it, and I, I liked it. And he eventually dropped out because uh, <laughs> he was still in high school, and his parents uh, thought comics were demonic or something. And so. <laughs> <laughs> It was causing major problems for him, so he, he couldn't keep working with me. But he was like, just take the concept, you can have it. But beyond that, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, it, I don't really think about it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of my ideas are coming through my subconscious through all the stuff I've read and movies I've watched. I try not to worry about that too much, you know, being influenced, because, you know, I mean, how can you not be influenced when you love and read so many comics? With this series, you've published it uh, in conjunction with 901 Comics, right? Yes. So how did your uh, relationship with 901 uh, come about? So I had been, I had started putting out through Comicsology digitally. I had just mentioned it to Shannon when I had gone in as a customer, you know, and um, and then I would say a couple years later, he started up Bad Dog's com- Bad Dog Comics, you know, and um, and I think I joked with him, I'm like, oh, you should be, you should be publishing my book. And, uh, and I think at first he was like, well, you're digital. And I'm like, well, well I said, but it doesn't just have to be digital. I was like, I don't have the money to, to self-publish physically. And I kind of, we kind of left it at that for a little bit. And then w- one day I came in just to look around and he was like, so when are you going to let me publish your book? And I'm like, when do you want to do it? <laughs> I was like, they're ready to go. Let's, so we just started talking from there and, um, yeah. And it's been pretty cool. Like just, you know, had a lot of, sort of missteps with things that are out of our control, like the pandemic, but, oh, yeah. Yeah. but you know, great, great that, time to publish a book right now, is it? <laughs> I, will, I know. And like, we were going to, you know, we were going to go to Midtown con and, and sort of yeah. that was going to be me going back to, to shows again and get my feet wet again. Cause I haven't done that in years. And, and then <laughs> it's just, every, you know, I finally found, we found sponsors to cover the printing for the, for the books. And right. that's exciting. And they're actually going to carry the books in their, uh, like uh, Memphis May Taproom is going to carry them and right. Crosstown Brewery is going to carry them. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. But then the pandemic hit. And so we had to sort of just <laughs> sort of wait and see what's right. going to happen, you know? Well, even comic shops were shut down there for a while. I know. And it was that whole thing of like, oh my God, like, are they, you know, are these comic shops going to even survive? Is the comic book industry going to keep going? Like, I mean, there was that month or so where it was just like, what the hell is happening? Like, right. Cause we had everything from the whole diamond thing and, Comic shops had kind of a one-two punch there 
with oh, the whole yeah. the the diamond uh, thing with the yeah. the new distributors, and then the, you know the, and the pandemic, and it was again we we were all like, so are they going to be able to survive That's or not? True. I know, man, it was so it's so scary, so weird. Like this year has just been like it's just like been like 10 years wrapped in the one of all the things that have happened and it's not over so, no you know you know it started off with like murder hornets you know <laughs> oh my and god it just yeah. keeps getting weirder you know something that is vanished like yeah. like a friend of mine joked that like it, it's 2020 is like a time travel movie where mm -hmm. someone keeps trying to fix it and then yeah. they keep making it worse yeah <laughs> and, then, and then things like the murder hornets just yeah. disappear out of like they disappear like yeah, yeah. where do they go Well, I was asking my wife the other day, I was like, um, Kim John, you know, from Korea, have, has anybody heard from him lately? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Is 2020 just too weird for him and he's hiding? What's going on with this, this year? Yeah, wasn't he, he, wasn't he sick? And like, the, like the, there was talk of the sister taking over and then. I don't know. It's, but I mean, I don't know now. It's like, uh, that was such a long time ago. It seems like it was years ago, but oh my God, I don't know. I mean, and I swear to God, I think this whole country, maybe the whole planet has PTSD now yeah. from, from all the events that right. happened, you know. Has 2020 made you more productive or less productive? Probably, I mean, more productive, I mean, certain <laughs> certain ways and pretty much the same in others. But, you know, when, when I was in lockdown, I, I finished the next issue as far mm -hmm. as pencil links go. So that was good. That, that was helpful. So now I can get that out. Um, as far as putting out number two, like it, it, October was not anywhere near what I really, you know, I was hoping summertime at the latest, <laughs> you know, it's like creatively more productive or as productive getting things out. But it's just all over the place. I don't know. Like I would like to have number three out this year, but I, I don't know if that's realistic with the way things are going. So you had a, a signing this this weekend uh, that we're recording the day after. Uh, yes, Saturday. Down to one, yeah. So how did how did how did that go for you? It was good. It was good. That was my first one uh, after pandemic, I guess, right. post pandemic. Uh, so wearing a mask the whole time, and yeah. I was I was happy to see everybody that came in wearing a mask. So it, that was good, and people people not a lot of people came out. It was busy. Well, it was great, great weather. So it's yeah. Oh my yeah. god, it was so nice. Which was the complete opposite of issue one. Issue one came out. It was cold and, and rainy mm -hmm. and awful. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was definitely nice. Well, it's, it was good to get back behind the table and and, and sign yeah. again. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and then see the copies of the book because I hadn't seen it yet, and right. it turned out it turned out really really well. I'm happy with it. Yeah, it's like I just want to I, I want to get get it out there to the world and get. Have people read it. I want to see what people think. I want people to care what happens next. How long were you doing the, was it Comixology you said that was, yes. was going through? Yeah. How long did you go digital? Uh, I mean, they're still available. And uh, and when number three comes out, I, I will I will self-publish that digitally okay. on Comixology. My, my label, which mm -hmm. is Jack Bollock's Comics. But I, I mean, I think 2015 is when I first started that, like right after they launched that, that uh, submit yeah. program. I like it because I can I can do whatever I want with it. I can I can do full color if I wanted, and right. it doesn't matter because there's no printing cost involved. Mm -hmm. Or I can just slip in color here and there, and I, you know, there's just lots of cool things I can do. I have a lot a lot of freedom which you can't do with print, so that, that's exciting. 
Well, speaking of digitally, I know that you work both traditionally and digitally. Which parts do you like doing traditionally? Which parts do you like doing the digital? Um, I mean, I do the pages old school on 11 by 17, comic book paper, pencil and ink. Uh, When I ink, I use a brush. And then I do even like what used to be called Zip-A-Tone. I'll do that in Photoshop now and any kind of special effects or you know like there's a lot of photoshop stuff you can do now you can add in like real backgrounds and that sort of thing and i I like to do that like because to me i would rather see a real sky in my background than me drawing little poofy clouds i like how Mm -hmm. that looks and so so i'm doing more and more of that and some people don't like it i like it i like to blend the two trying to get trying to get to where it's more seamless though right and get better at it you know was it Starenko or Kirby that used to use a lot of like photo type? Both of those guys used to do Did that. They? Yeah. yeah, you would see like like even like Kirby like he in the New God stuff. There's a lot of like photo backgrounds, just straight up photos that he's like right. looks like maybe Xerox and then then mm. drawn over, which was just crazy. I think kind of cool. It was experimenting and and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And it's, it's you can still do that, which is kind of kind of cool. Yeah, and I think well, I think it's important as a as a as a creator to to be open to new, new ideas and new concepts and new techniques. So I'm open to all of it. Well, are you uh, open for commissions right now? Yes, absolutely. What type of commission work do you do? Do you do the sketches? Do you do actual, you know, other comic work for other people? Well, um, both. Um, Like I do a lot of lettering, freelance lettering for indie books. I work with a really talented writer named Sheldon Allen on all his books. He did a book called Crucified for um, Scout Comics which is great. And he's got a new one coming out called Concrete Jungle, also on Scout. And then we're, we're working on one now called Social Justice Warriors, which should push a lot of buttons. <laughs> but probably maybe not even in the ways you think they will. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's really talented, really smart guy. Um, he lives in Miami. Um, so I letter all his stuff. I also letter a book called American Dreams. And just lots of just, it is, you know, people will send me stuff out and I do stuff all the time. So and uh, but but I also do a lot of commission stuff like you know blank covers and that sort of thing. Right. I tend to get a lot of Legion uh, commissions like because because I'm a Legion, big Legion fan, like I said, yeah. and I and I'm in those Facebook groups and people see me work and they like my night girl. So I've done a lot of her for some reason. Yeah, my wife's got uh-huh. a couple of Legion rings sitting on her shelf in her room. <laughs> nice, nice. I've got some. I got some of the plastic ones. I don't have yeah. the real big ones. Yeah, I, th- I think the only real one I've got. I've got a, a Green Lantern ring i picked up in seattle when we went for emerald city con so it's nice. it's it's actually sitting over that and i've got a couple of phantom rings yeah the skull and the the friend ring That's oh, nice, cool. nice, nice. yeah <gasps> so when you were doing events i know you've done like free comic book day before uh, have you yeah. set up at conventions before yeah i used to i mean i've, I've uh locally I used to do it and then i i Went to Comic Con in 2008, um, and then I went to New York Comic Con later, the same year of next year, and then went to Comic Con in San Diego again in 2011. And then you got a family. So, so yeah, like Kristen <laughs> said, now I, now I have a family, right. and it's a little harder to do them um, with three kids. But you know, so look, that's the cool thing with this deal with. Uh, Bad Dog Comics is definitely we're gonna get back into that. We were gonna do Dragon Con, Dragon Con as a group, but that didn't happen, of course. But maybe next right. year. So definitely, hopefully, that's what I'm hoping next year is gonna bring is going back to cons and if it can be done safely. 
like I said, the signing yesterday was was a good sign for me. Like I felt yeah. safe the whole time. Everybody was doing the right things, and it's it's pretty simple. The things you need to do to be safe and be in public. Right. So. Right, and you can wear a superhero mask while you do it. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear people talk all the time about, oh, the kids won't wear them. I was like, are you kidding? If you would have given yeah. me a Spider-Man mask as a kid or Batman, you wouldn't have gotten me out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I used to walk around with a stupid plastic Spider-Man mask that I couldn't see out of or breathe, oh, yeah. and I'd wear it for hours and hours and hours. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the plastic costumes and all that. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the 70s. <laughs> 70s, though. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, then, I went for the, then I went through a Dracula phase every Halloween. Uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. For, man, yeah. for like five times in a row after yeah. the, after the Spider Man. Yeah, I did the uh, I did Dracula. I guess back when I lived in Utah, there was like a a, a little haunted house at the church, and I did Dracula for that, and I, I kind of got hooked with it for a little while, and then once I got into Spider Man, they had like the I guess it was like Ben Cooper, you know, the plastic mask with the plastic jumpsuits. Yeah. I remember having one of those. And the week before Halloween, I had to try it on. My mom was like, don't wear it. You're going to mess it up. I'm like, oh, but I want to. And so I, I put it on and I did like one spider leap off the couch and completely oh, no. ripped the crotch out of it. That's oh. <laughs> what happens when, when you don't listen to mom, I guess. Oh, yeah. I used to keep all my comics in that uh, costume box until they, you know, I got too many to go in the box. And then it, wow, okay. it just kind of kept growing. Do you, I think, so do you, did you grow up in Memphis? Mostly, yeah. I grew up in like the Whitehaven area and lived in Bartlett for a little bit. That's where I got into comics. And like, so I had a little hiatus in Utah for a while. And then we moved back mm -hmm. here and went to high school in South Haven. And so it's either, okay. yeah, it's either Memphis or Mid South area. So I was going to say, was your first comic book shop was at Memphis Comics and uh, what was it? Memphis, Memphis, Memphis Comics. comics. Yeah, it's well, it was funny because uh, some friends of mine, <laughs> we were driving down Highland. They were uh, we were going somewhere over near U of M, and we drove by, and they used to have that big mural. Remember that they yeah. had like a, a Superman mural on it for a while, and then they repainted yeah. it with yeah, yeah. a Batman mural. And I was like, oh my gosh, what was that? And they were like, what? And we you know kept driving, and so I didn't know about comic shops back then. And so the first one I actually went to was one out in, in Millington for a, uh, the, one of the guys that I worked with was having a signing out there. And so A.G. Howard and I drove out there for it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I've never seen a comic shop before. This is, this is great. And then after that, one of the guys I worked with took me to uh, Comics and Collectibles when it was yep. across the, the parking lot from where they are now. Yeah, they were in the, yeah, that's, that's, I remember when they first opened, I happened to, I was up for the summer to visit, and uh, my brother took me over there when they were in the, the, the cross the, in the smaller shop. And and after, I remember being 10, 10 when I when I first discovered that there were such a thing as comic book shops. And right before that, I had discovered that flea markets had back issues, mm -hmm. which was a huge thing for me. And I was discovering comics that were older, you know, that are I just the idea that you could get comics that had come out years earlier was shocking. And I was like, so it was like, it was great. And then, then someone took me to Memphis comics and I, and I remember walking in and almost passing out, like, <laughs> like just walking into that room with that many comic books. I, I'm serious. Like my, like I was like vibrating, like it, it was crazy. Was comics and, and I remember that, yeah. And that feeling hit me every time I would go there, probably for the first five times. Right. It was, it was insane. Like it was like, I was junkie. It was like, oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, when oh, I lived over by the U of M, there was at least six or seven comic shops within like a five minute radius of the house. And Memphis Comics oh, wow. is one, Comics Collectibles, Tennessee <clears throat> Card Company, and several others. You know, like I said, back in the 90s, they just kind of blew up. And I guess now we're down yeah. to about three here in town. And then there's Jupiter just yeah, outside Jupiter. of town. I haven't been to the new shop. No, I haven't, I haven't been there yet. A little too far out. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, used to, I, we would drive by it going to either a friend's house or some relatives, uh, my, my wife's mm -hmm. relatives, we'd drive by and stop in. But yeah, since they've moved, I, have, I haven't been able to get out that way. Yeah. Well, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in commissions or wanting to hire you to letter their book? You can, uh, I'm going to become a convention. You can email me at mattbowersmemphis at yahoo.com. That's my sort of art account it is also but you can go to 901 comics or mm -hmm. crosstown brewery or memphis tap room to get copies of, of, of both issues that are out um or you can email email me or you can find me on facebook even on instagram mm -hmm. matt bowers memphis. memphis where else you have a business agent as well with I, you yes. living with you i know yes. you hear her <laughs> <laughs> oh man so how long have you guys been married now? Uh, we have been together almost 12 years. Wow. We have known each other since sixth grade, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, we met We met in sixth grade at Bartlett mm -hmm. Elementary. And then uh, then we went to Shadowlawn together, though we didn't have any classes together. And then my family moved away. So, the, so, so we, didn't talk, we didn't talk for, you know, until Facebook, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, like, Facebook, I mean, as evil as it is at this point, it, it, it definitely helped us uh, reconnect, which was awesome. That's and great. We've been, been together ever since. Yeah. Fantastic. Is she into comics? Uh, she kind of, she's into her own, fables. she loves fables. Um, and she actually helps me with the dialogue on my book. She's the last one that does anything to the book because I'll, I'll, cause like, cause I do dialogue like a dude. <laughs> basically she's like she's like so so read it she go a girl would never say that and i'm like okay well then what would she say right so see you'll see she gets a credit in every issue because she helps with that that final dialogue but she reads all the time she's she's mm -hmm. always reading something i'm a murderino <laughs> she's a murderino do you know what that is a what murderino um, no there's 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 a podcast called my favorite murder okay and we're both fans of it and if you're a fan of that you're called a murderino Gotcha. And it's not that you like murder, you just like, mm -hmm. you like true crime, you like talking about it. Oh, yeah. And um, their podcast is, it's good. It's, it's a comedy podcast, but they're not making fun of the murders. It's, you'd have to just listen to it to know what we're talking about, but it's a, it's a huge podcast. They, they, they have like mm -hmm. their own network now and everything. I've gotten into trying to branch out for some different podcasts because for a long time there, it was just comic stuff. And then I started branching out into others. You should check that, check that out. My favorite murder. Um, they even do live podcasts now. Like we saw them in Nashville, they were they were great. I'm hoping <laughs> one of these days I can take the you know the show on the road. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. You never know. They they didn't know what they were. You know, they just yeah. did it for fun. And yeah. two years later, like I said, they have their own network now. Like they're oh four years. Okay, four years. Yeah, four years from mm -hmm. doing something for fun to now they have their own network and they you know they're just multimillionaires and. I kind of started this just so I could, you know, safely talk to people and see people and, yeah. and all that. As much yeah. as I love my wife, you know, it's, we were the only two people we were seeing because she works from home. And for a long time, yeah. I, you know, I was home. Uh, I started going back to work, but 
it's not like, you know, I sit there and talk with them a lot. You know, there's one guy there that likes comics. And so, you know, if there's like a new comic out or the new Mandalorian episode is coming out, you know, the right, boys right. will talk about that. But other than that, right. that's about it. So Yeah, I'm the only one in my shop that likes comics, but uh, yeah, that's just, I mean, I'm used to that. So right. <laughs> that's yeah. why I, I really loved doing the signing yesterday. Just, it felt like, oh, I'm home, you know, I'm in a comic shop <laughs> and, you know, with people talking comics all day. Yeah, it was good. It's always it's always good to talk tunes with with folks and uh, yeah. But I was telling you, I was telling a friend um, last week. I used to be part of a lot of Legion Facebook groups, and I actually left all of them recently because they've become very toxic. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of complaining. I just couldn't take it. And, but it hit me. It's like okay, as a kid, most of my life as a kid and as a teenager and even as an adult, I love the Legion, but I didn't have anybody to talk about it with. Like none of my friends were reading comics. None of my friends. Even the ones that would read comics didn't like the Legion. So I'm like, why do I need to talk to people? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because all they're doing is bringing me down. So like, right. I want to enjoy the current Legion. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to quit discussing it with people because right. there's too much complaining. And it just feels like every issue would come out. I'd be excited about it. And I would go online and people would be take, just ripping it apart. You know, And I'm like, oh, this is not fun for me. I didn't know much about the Legion until the past couple of years, I guess. I mean, I knew of them, but I wasn't really into them because I guess you know, th those comics didn't show up on my spinner rack as a kid. So I, I didn't get into yeah. them. But I know yeah. like uh, my old comics partner, Dave uh, Beatty, was really into them. Uh, my wife, Nikki, likes them. And there's a few yeah, podcasts. Dave, Dave got to work on, on the Legion. Yeah, he? it's funny. Anytime he starts you know, complaining film. about the comics industry at all, I'll go, dude, you've worked on the Trinity and <laughs> several of your yeah. dream characters that you wanted to work. And right. he goes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and, like, and so I guess my point was like, sometimes as fun as it is to talk to people about mm -hmm. comics, sometimes it's okay not. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's okay. Just enjoy it. And it'd be your, your thing, you know, if, mm -hmm. uh, if other people are getting you down. Because it's everybody, you have your own opinions and that's fine. You're like, you don't mm -hmm. have to all like the same thing. And guess what? If you don't like something, it doesn't mean that has to be destroyed. <laughs> no. You know, it doesn't have to be canceled. Just don't no. buy it. Unfortunately, every comic series I've really gotten into lately has gotten canceled. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm used to that too, man. Like yeah. some of my favorite stuff, get they don't make it more than a couple of years. And that, that's fine, though. What I've yeah. learned to do is like, okay, just enjoy it for that, that, mm -hmm. that run and just see what's going to come out next. And if my favorite book uh, is doing a run that I don't like, I'll just avoid it for a little bit. There's plenty of stuff out there. Yeah, as big of a Spider-Man fan as I was, you know, there came a time when I was kind of like, yeah, this this story arc isn't for me. There's there's yeah, plenty of other comics out there. The, yeah, I, I, like, I'll come and go on um, Spider-Man, Superman, all those books. Mm -hmm. I'll buy them occasionally. Sometimes I'll buy them for years and years, and then sometimes I'll stop for years if I'm, if I'm not enjoying the creative teams, and that's fine. You're not going to hear me complaining about it. Because I just don't see the point of all that. No, there's there's too many things out there that I like uh, to talk yeah. about stuff that I don't like. Yeah, like well, what, well, why why focus on something that's bringing you down if you don't you're not digging it? Especially this year. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, exactly. I need as as many positive you know conversations as I can get. Talk me off that's, the ledge. Talk me down. Yeah. Like well, I have a couple of buddies from the Legion groups that we're still we're still buddies. And so, like, we will just private message each other now about each issue <laughs> mm -hmm. instead of trying to talk in the groups because the groups just people mm -hmm. want to complain. So I do get it. I get it. This idea of wanting to be able to vent, I guess mm -hmm. I get it. But it's just become too 
pervasive and toxic and it's just right. too much. Well, just about the time you think that one group is is the worst in fandom, you know, somebody yeah. else goes, you know, uh, hold my uh, my ecto cooler. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> run down that. God, so. Seriously, how are there so many Star Wars fans that miss the point and think that like Darth Vader was right or something? Like, what's happening? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Well, man, it's been great talking to you. I appreciate you. Yeah. And, and thanks uh, again for the books. I, re I really dug them. And it was it was kind of fun to, to uh, see a couple of places around town that I recognized, like MCA and, cool. and Union Avenue and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah there'll be more of that in the, the, uh, each issue as I go forward. Issue three comes out. Give me a yell. We'll talk again. Absolutely, man. All right, man. Take thanks care. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hope to All see right, you around 901. Oh, yeah, definitely. Drawing Funny is an MSA podcast. You can find out more about the Mid-South Cartoonists Association at midsouthcartoonists.org and on the MSCA Facebook page. Be sure to like that page and follow our group on Twitter at MSCA underscore Memphis and on Instagram at midsouthcartoonists. You can keep up with this show at any of those or on the show's site, drawingfunny.com, as well as on Twitter at drawingfunny1, Drawing Funny with the number one, or Instagram at Drawing Funny Pod. Links and other info can be found in the show notes of each episode at drawingfunny.com. Shameless plug for me, I have my Lynn Workman, that's L I N Workman.com art site, and my geek travel blog and webcomic, HaveGeekWillTravel.com. My social media info and bio are on all those sites, along with several examples of my artwork. Thanks for listening. I hope to talk tunes with you all again real soon. Until then, stay tuned and keep drawing funny. Like, it's just like been like 10 years wrapped in the one of all the things that have happened and it's not over. So, no, it's, you, know? you know, it started off with like murder hornets, you know, <laughs> oh my and God, it just yeah. keeps getting weirder. And the murder hornet, like you notice that they just kind of. That's okay. Every show of ours goes to the dogs eventually. It does. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. You notice how they just vanished? Like. <laughs>